you're listening to the Telltale Channel. Don't forget to check me out on all social media, Patreon, Twitter, Teespring, and Etsy. All links can be found in the description or on my website, telltaleatheist.com. Hey, this is Owen. If you're comfortable, leave your first name and state at the sound of the tiny truck backing up. Hey, this is Matthew from Wayne County, North Carolina. And I had a question about one of the things you mentioned in a lot of your videos is about how you always try to avoid an us versus them mentality due to the extreme the extreme slope that leads to a lot of times. And I was wondering, I've been struggling with that. And I wanted to ask, how do you, how do you do that? Like, how do you reconcile with, you know, avoiding that kind of mentality? Since I have family who would suffer horribly if they got like COVID due to a, uh, health conditions they have. And so when I see like Republicans in the right wing talking about, you know, anti-vax nonsense and that kind of thing, it's just, it's hard for me to not want to hate them due to the knowledge that their ideas would like literally kill some of my family. And so I was just wondering, like, how do you how do you take that into account and still just be fine with avoiding like the us versus them mentality? Uh, thank you and bye. Let me summarize the question. Basically, I try to avoid an us versus them mentality. I try to avoid a an ends justify the means mentality. Those are extreme mentalities those are like that's moving in an extreme direction right and the caller rightly asked how can i justify doing that when these people literally want us dead like how can i say no violence under any circumstances when these people are literally trying to get us killed and the answer to that question is kind of complicated um there is something called the trolley problem. I'm sure you guys probably heard it before. Basically, uh, there's a trolley coming down the tracks, and you're standing at a lever. And on one side of the tracks, if you pull the lever to the left, then there's one person on the track that will die. If you pull the lever to the right, there are five people on the tracks that will die. So what do you do? Most people will pull the lever to kill the one person. Some people won't touch it at all because touching it makes it their responsibility and whatever happens happens but it wasn't because of anything that they did that's kind of a weird and interesting way to look at it here's another there's a doctor that has a perfectly healthy patient on his operating table and five sick patients in the waiting room uh, one patient needs a set of lungs, one patient needs a new liver, one needs a new kidney, so on and so forth. He could kill the healthy one and give his organs to those five people and save five lives, right? The doctor never does that, though. We see that rightly as morally reprehensible to kill one person to save five people in that circumstance, right? 
That's because it's an ends justify the means mentality. That's what that is. The doctor doesn't believe that saving five people in that case would be worth murdering one in cold blood. We don't want to live in a society where we could be that one person who is healthy, who the doctor would take out to save the other five. We don't want to live in a society that, that we have to fear in that way. That is why I don't subscribe to an ends justify the means mentality or an us versus them mentality more broadly because I don't want to live in a society where those things exist and I have to prevent myself from falling into that mindset because I've been there before. I've had that mindset before and I don't want to quote unquote relapse into something like that again. I don't want to relapse into having a, an us versus them attitude against anybody. That's why I avoid those extremist lines of thought at all costs. In my opinion, unless you're defending yourself, there is never a reason to, to never a reason for violence ever, never. And I mean that there may be room for nuance in there for some people, but not for me because I had to fight and struggle to get out of that mindset in the first place. And I finally battled my way out by leaving Jehovah's Witnesses. And here I am. I'm not going down that path again. Violence is in every circumstance, unless you're defending yourself, unjustified. The same goes for an us versus them mentality or an ends justify the means mentality. Hey Owen, it's Dan from Florida. I was having a bit of a difficult question. I've been looking a lot more into um, the religion of Islam and I've noticed that a lot of its tenets are very, very violent and I have quite a few friends, you know, I talked to in online and some in person that are Muslim and I don't really know exactly how to um, kind of separate that ideology from that because it's again it's very heinous sometimes and I'm not exactly sure what to kind of do about that um, I don't like I, I know there's a lot of um, you know, Islamophobia here in the United States, and I don't, you know, want to. I, want, I don't want to be a dick about it, but I don't really know exactly what to do about that. So, if you had any advice, that'd be really helpful. Islam as a religion is terribly destructive, at least as destructive as Christianity, if not more so. But I, I do recognize that there is some level of quote-unquote Islamophobia. Although I'm not really happy with that term, I would prefer the term. Muslimophobia. It's just it doesn't roll off the tongue as easily. You know, every country has their immigration problems that they use as a weapon politically. In the U.S., they use the immigration of Mexicans into the U.S. as a political weapon. They demonize people from Mexico as evil and bad and have all these bad attributes about them and blah, blah, blah. In the U.K., they have a lot of immigration from Muslim countries, um, from Middle Eastern countries. And as a result, you see the same kind of demonization in the UK 
over Muslims, not over Islam, but Muslims that you see in the U.S. against Mexicans. And for that reason, I think we should all recognize, like, the gravity of Muslim phobia or Islamophobia, as some people call it. it. It does get pretty fucked up. It gets really, really bad. Disgusting, reprehensible disrespect for people for no other reason than because of their religion or their race. It, it, it's wrong. Islamophobia is wrong. But we shouldn't let that get in the way of criticizing a genuinely destructive religion. We just have to be aware of the fact that some people are mistreated and fight against that at all costs. We cannot allow or, or put up with people attacking others because of their religion or their race or anything else. But I, I don't think that... I, I think it, it would be wrong to not address Islam as a religion. We definitely should be. The reason I don't address Islam is because I feel like it touches my life in basically no way at all in the U.S. Islam has such a small effect on the U.S. and the U.S. population and politics and society that it, it almost doesn't matter to me or the people around me in our lives in any way. That's not the case for everybody. There are a lot of people out there who are very adversely affected by Islam. And I support people who want to talk about it and pull it apart and dissect it and point out all the problems that it has. I support that. But that's not my battle because it's not my problem that I deal with on a daily basis. I deal with right-wing Christian extremists because they are affecting my life directly. So, anyway, that's my take on it. Hi. Hi, Owen. This is Fee. Uh, and I was just curious regarding um, witnesses and why they're so weirdly, uh, I wasn't going to say divided, but um, coming from a witness family myself, uh, my parents personally have no issues with Girl Scout cookies, and for some reason, uh, my coworker who is a witness, like the second uh, I so much as said anything about Girl Scout cookies and trying to buy them, off, buy them, she immediately just went on my ass. So <laughs> I looked it up, and it said something something about neutrality, which I think is complete bullshit because. What's what's the what's what's buying cookies violating neutrality? Um, and my parents are pretty tamey, um, and I don't think they are aware of the whole thing with the Girl Scout cookies. And personally, I prefer to keep it that way. Uh, just for reference, they just said my parents are pretty peamy, I believe, if I heard correctly. That means my parents are pretty invested in the religion, physically in and mentally in, trapped in the religion. Uh, let's keep listening. Uh, for as long as possible. So could you possibly explain in further detail what the hell is up with witnesses and Girl Scout cookies? Uh, all right, thanks. Yeah, this is one of those things that varies from congregation to congregation. When I was in the religion, different issues took precedence over others in different congregations. 
So in my congregation, they were okay with playing Pokemon, but they weren't okay with uh, with reading Harry Potter books. They were not okay in my congregation with Girl Scout cookies, incidentally. Some congregations are okay with it, others are not. Mine was not. When you're trapped in this mindset that's being imposed upon you by people, this strict order, this, you know, you're being forced to follow the directions of everybody around you, and you're kind of being molded into a clone. You look for other ways to reach out and find individuality. That's why you find some congregations vary on little, trivial, inconsequential things. Because it's these people trying to find some level of individuality of their own without actually violating the rules. In my mom's case, she was a massive Girl Scout cookie fan. Fucking loved those things. But she wouldn't tell anybody. She'd just buy them in secret and eat them in secret because she believed that they're just fucking cookies. Like I said, it depends on the congregation. Um, They will come up with justifications for hating something if they really want to. Next, we're going to talk about Congressman Madison Cawthorn outright endorsing violence against Democrats. Give us 30 seconds, and we'll be right back. You're listening to the Telltale Channel. Don't forget to check me out on all social media, Patreon, Twitter, Teespring, and Etsy. All links can be found in the description or on my website, telltaleatheist.com. The first article I wanted to talk about is titled Fellow Republican Rips Freshman GOP Representative Madison Cawthorn Over Insane Threat of Bloodshed. This is on Salon.com. It was written by Igor Derish, I think, on August 31st. So let's give this article a read and see what it says. Representative Madison Cawthorn, Republican of North Carolina, on Sunday warned that there could be bloodshed in future elections while echoing former President Donald Trump's false claims about rigged votes. The far-right freshman congressman repeated the widely debunked narrative about election fraud during a speech to the Macon County Republican Party, despite federal intelligence warnings that such rhetoric could spark domestic terror attacks like the January 6th Capitol riot. I wanted to watch the clip. I actually got my hands on it. It was kind of difficult to get. And I got a couple of other clips to go with it. So let's give these clips a watch and see what Madison Cawthorn a U.S. congressman, federal congressman, had to say. Check this out. But my friends, you know, everything that we're sitting here talking about, we're all so passionate right now. The things that we are wanting to fight for, it doesn't matter if our votes don't count. Because, you know, if our election systems continue to be rigged and continue to be stolen, then it's, it's going to lead to one place, and it's bloodshed. It doesn't matter if our votes don't count because there will be bloodshed. It's going to lead to one place, and that's bloodshed. This is straight-up violent rhetoric. This is encouraging violent action against the opposing party, Democrats. This should be fucking concerning. This is the kind of shit you see when democracy is about to fall. 
this kind of thing right here. Now, do I think democracy in the U.S. is going to fall? I think we're halfway there already. I don't think there's going to be a full-blown civil war. I think we're just going to see a massive rise in terrorist attacks over the, the course of a few years, uh, over the following few years. If Donald Trump runs again, assuming that he loses, which is probably a safe bet because usually incumbents are really hard to unseat, it's most likely that Biden would stay the president in a few years when Trump runs. If he loses... He's going to completely undermine faith in the U.S. election system permanently. That's it. There, there isn't going to be any more faith in the election system after that point, after he has his way with it. That's extremely concerning. Let's finish this clip. And I will tell you, as much as I'm willing to defend our liberty at all costs, there's nothing that I would dread doing more than having to pick up arms against a fellow American. And this is encouraging violence right here. That's what he's doing, and he should be arrested for that. Seriously. Freedom of speech only extends so far. You can't yell fire in a crowded theater because it would lead to imminent harm. That, that's what he's doing right now. He is saying things that are going to lead to violence, directly lead to violence. This is like beyond stochastic terrorism at this point. This is getting people whipped up into a blood frenzy now. And in my opinion, he should be arrested for this. Not just deplatformed, but arrested. There's another clip that goes with this. This is from the same town hall meeting or whatever it is. Check this out. What are you doing to support the 535 Americans that were held captured? In, what are you doing to support the 535 Americans that were captured from January 6th? They're, the way that this person is framing the question is that the U.S. government is the enemy state who has captured, like, military combatants and imprisoned them, and she expects this person to take action to free those military combatants, those hostages, quote-unquote. Let's keep listening. Political hostages. He called them political hostages. People who took part in the January 6th insurrection. Political hostages. This is a U.S. congressman from the House of Representatives. So this is something that we are trying to figure out everything out about. Um, there are some criminal activities going on in my office. Literally, we have a lot to be able to ask almost any federal agency any question we want. And when we're seeking answers, they are giving us the biggest one around that you possibly can imagine. And so uh, the, the big problem is we don't actually know where all the political prisoners are. They're not political prisoners. They were insurrectionists. They rioted. They trespassed. They broke laws. They are being charged with crimes because they committed crimes. There is a difference between being charged with a crime that you committed and being a political hostage. There's a difference. Where is this guy's head? And so if we were to actually be able to go and try and bust them out, and let me tell you... Holy shit. If we were actually to be able and go and try to bust them out... This guy is talking to a crowd of extremists about breaking people out of a prison system. A U.S. prison. This is a congressman talking about breaking people out of a U.S. prison system. Is this not sedition? Is this not, like, treason? What is going on here? 
if they really do view these people like these insurrectionists that are in prison, if they view them as like military combatants from a different state, then they're supporting treason. That's what they're doing. Treason against the U.S. shall consist only in levying war against them or in adhering to their enemies, giving them aid and comfort. No person shall be convicted of treason unless on the testimony of two witnesses to the same overt act or on confession in open court. This is treason. If they really do view these people as like political hostages and they're talking about breaking them out of prison, that's treason. The line is they didn't view them as from another nation, but these people clearly do view them as from another nation now. They don't view themselves as part of the U.S. anymore, apparently. I mean, based on what we're listening to here, this is fucking nutty. The reason why they're ta they've taken these political prisoners because they're trying to make an example to say because they don't want to see the mass protests going on. Washington. No, no, no. I have no problem with mass protests. Do it. That is your right as an American, as the American I assume you identify as. I don't want insurrection or violence. Those are the problem. Those are the things I have a problem with. I don't want insurrection or violence. Unfortunately, that's what we're getting here. I have no problem with mass protest. To say, because they don't want to see the mass protest going on Washington. They don't want to see people redressing their government for leaving 13 Marines to die in Afghanistan. Fascinating. Suddenly he gives a shit about 13 people. Where was he when 500,000 died from coronavirus? Where was he when that happened? This guy is a genuinely dangerous person for democracy, and I, I know this isn't going to happen, but he should be impeached. He should be removed from office at any cost. Get him the fuck out. They removed congressmen who wouldn't recognize Lincoln as the rightful president during the Civil War. They should do the same shit with these guys. Do you recognize Biden as the rightful president? No? Okay, then get the fuck out. That's how they should do it. Fucking just way out there, dude. And on top of all of that, as this article from Salon mentioned, there is a domestic violent extremism problem in the United States. Let's read this article. This is on usnews.com. By the way, I had never heard of this news network before. I looked them up. They are very reliable. They have high factual reporting, things like that. So uh, I trust this news source. It was written by Paul D. Shinkman. The nation's top intelligence office on Wednesday warned that domestic violent extremism groups pose an elevated threat in 2021, particularly white supremacist organizations and those fueled by anger over unfounded conspiracy theories of fraud in the November 2020 election, the perception of government overreach, and the federal response to the coronavirus pandemic. The March 1 report, declassified Wednesday afternoon, does not mention former President Donald Trump by name or reference his supporters specifically. However, the characteristics of the new threats documented by the Office of the Director of National Intelligence align with conspiracy theories Trump espouses, including that the outcome in the November election was was marred by fraud, a claim that has been repeatedly disproven by multiple investigations and dozens of federal court cases. And the report specifically cites the dangerous, emboldening impact of the deadly mob of Trump supporters that stormed the Capitol on January 6th. These factors will almost certainly spur some DVEs. I guess DVE is the person. 
it'll spur some domestic violent extremists to try to engage in violence this year, according to the report referencing domestic violent extremists. Racially or ethnically motivated violent extremists and militia violent extremists present the most lethal threats, the report states. The racially motivated groups which promote the superiority of the white race are most likely to conduct mass casualty attacks against civilians, and the militia groups typically target law enforcement and government personnel and facilities. This should be concerning to us. We should be very concerned over this fact. You guys remember not too long ago, uh, Governor Gretchen Whitmer, there was this plot to kidnap her from like her summer home by um, some people involved with the Three Percenters group. That's the kind of shit we're dealing with right now. These people are very extreme, and we should be on high alert right now. Anyway, let's keep reading this article by Salon about, uh, holy shit, Madison Cawthorn. God, I couldn't remember his name. Let's keep reading this about Madison Cawthorn. Anybody who tells you Joe Biden was dutifully elected is lying to you, Cawthorn declared in a video the party posted on its Facebook page before deleting it on Tuesday following blowback. The things that we're wanting to fight for, it doesn't matter if our votes don't count. Because, you know, if our election systems continue to be rigged and continue to be stolen, then it's going to lead to one place and it's bloodshed. The comments drew immediate condemnation, even from Cawthorn's fellow Republicans. This is insane, based on a total lie, tweeted Illinois Representative Adam Kinzinger, a Republican who voted to impeach Trump after the Capitol riot. This must stop. Something I've kind of come to accept over the past year, six months to a year, is that 15 to 20 percent of the country, maybe even a little bit more, are completely off their fucking rockers and are not willing to compromise or work with us or even hear us out on important things. You need them to get vaccinated because we don't want breakthrough cases, because we want to get back to normal? Nope. Not going to happen, even if the vaccine's free. They're not going to do it. Period. There's literally nothing in this world short of tying them down and sticking the needle in yourself that's going to get them to get that vaccination. Nothing. Same with climate change. You want them to work with us on getting climate, on getting something done about climate change? Not happening. They're not going to do it. I don't even know what you could do to get them on your side about that. Nothing. They are not going to work with us on these things. So I propose what we do is cut them out of the equation. Assume they're not doing it. Don't even fucking bother. Don't even bother trying. Don't try to get them vaccinated. Don't try to get them to wear masks. Don't try to get them to care about climate change because it's not happening. We can try to get the other people to care about that shit. You know, the people who may be on the fence. And we should. That's why I talk about this stuff. But don't bother with them. What we need to do is come up with a contingency plan that we can use based on the understanding that they're not going to work with us on these things. We're not going to be able to get the majority of the country on board with fixing climate change. It's not going to happen. Those people are going to be in the corner screeching and screaming at the top of their lungs about how their kid doesn't need to wear a mask and blah, blah, blah. They're not going to help us figure out a contingency plan to work around them. That's my hope. That's what I want to do. Next, we're going to talk about a Republican nominee telling people he intends to go into school boards and physically remove anybody who votes for a mask mandate, the same way China removed pro-democracy politicians from Hong Kong. 
Give us 30 seconds and we'll be right back. You're listening to the Telltale Channel. Don't forget to check me out on all social media, Patreon, Twitter, Teespring, and Etsy. All links can be found in the description or on my website, telltaleatheist.com. The next article I wanted to talk about is titled, School Boards Pushing Masks Will Be Physically Removed by Strong Men, Vows GOP Nominee. This is written by John Jackson on Newsweek.com, so let's give this article a read and see what it has to say. Steve Lynch, the Pennsylvania Republican Party's nominee for Northampton County Executive, God, that's a long title, seemingly pledged Sunday to use physical means to resist local school mask mandates. Forget going into these school boards with freaking data. You go in these school boards to remove them, Lynch said during a freedom rally against mandates in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, as captured by video on freedomnews.tv. Let's actually watch the clip. I got the clip. Kitty, go on. You don't get these headphones. All right, check this out. This was made in late August 2021. This virus, as they weaponized it, to get rid of a president, number one. That was number one. Let's not forget that, okay? It doesn't matter what your political beliefs are. That all took place to destroy what this country was doing. We were thriving. The economy was thriving. They destroyed it. And by the way, this is Steve Lynch. This is a guy we were talking about right here. He's a Republican nominee for a state Republican seat. Let's keep listening. The economy was thriving. They destroyed it. These people, all of them, anybody that's not standing up for this, at a minimum belongs in jail. At a maximum, at a maximum should be tried for treason. And we all know what treason is. Okay, so I'm not sure why he thinks that people should be tried for treason. I just went over the definition of treason according to the U.S. Constitution in the last segment. But just for good measure, let me read it one more time. Treason against the U.S. shall consist only in levying war against them or in adhering to their enemies, giving them aid and comfort. The only way it could be treason is if you don't view yourself as part of the U.S. or you don't view them as part of the U.S. Now, um, I wanted to point one more thing out here regarding this clip. What this guy is saying here is that the economy was basically going really, really well, and then it was destroyed. I want to point out that Trump is the one that put the brakes on, okay? Trump called for lockdowns and stuff originally. Trump was the president when this shit happened. So I don't know who the fuck you think is to blame for this, but Trump was the one in power when it took place. Number two, we did put a stop to a good economy, a reasonable economy. That's correct because we wanted to save people's lives. Now, how many lives is a good economy worth? This could be over in six months for us if you got your shit together and got vaccinated. Of course, we know you're not gonna do that, but it could be over in six months if you got your shit together and we could be on top economically as a country. This could be the first country to completely come out the other side, go back to normal completely, and really start pumping out economic incentives and building up our economy instead of trying to come out the other side as quickly as possible and building a strong economy first these guys are obsessed with not wearing masks 
with getting more people needlessly killed, not getting vaccinated, not locking down. This is like the party of death at this point, really. It's not the Republican Party, it's the death party now. What happened to pro-life? Every life is sacred, every life is precious. What happened? Where did all that shit go? You suddenly don't give a shit about life when there's some quick and easy fix that you can do. School boards, you are done. You're done. I'm organizing right now. I'm not going to give you the school district, but guess what I'm going to be doing? We got bylaws. We got parents looking at the bylaws. I plan on going in these school boards. Ian and other strong men. Men, where are you? Men, wake up, smell the coffee. Let's go. Make men great again, right? Make men men again. Let's go. Men, I need you. I need you in the coming weeks because when we walk into those school boards, we're going to have everything we need to do to go in there with those 90 school boards that voted. Put these masks back on the children with no scientific... It's done giving them the research and the data. Do you understand that? Forget going into these school boards and bringing data. You go into school boards to remove them. That's what you do. Forget. They don't follow the law. Huh, interesting. So this guy says he wants to actually walk into these school boards and physically remove people, like, from the boards if they, like, duly elected representatives remove them physically from their elected position and put new people in, I guess? Is that the plan? You know what's really fascinating about this? I actually uh, did a little browsing earlier and found this clip from Hong Kong. The Chinese Communist Party walked into Hong Kong and physically carried out pro-democracy representatives, like pro-democracy legislatures, same way this guy's talking about right here. Physically picked them up and carried him out. Watch. They're, they're actually carrying this guy out. I don't know how much you know about like Hong Kong and China, what's going on there right now, but Hong Kong was largely its own separate state from China, and uh, they wanted to stay separate, and China basically just came in and took everything over and physically carried these people out. Physically carried these people out pro-democracy legislators and put in pro-communist legislators instead. Fascinating, right? Is that what Steve Lynch wants? I mean, that's what he's literally describing right now. He's literally describing carrying people out, duly elected representatives carrying them out and putting somebody else in. I need you in the coming weeks because when we walk into those school boards, we're going to have everything we need to do to go in there with those 90 school boards that voted. Put these masks back on the children with no scientific... It's done giving them the research and the data. Do you understand that? Forget going into these school boards and bringing data. You go into school boards to remove them. That's what you do. Forget. They don't follow the law. They don't follow the law. Sounds familiar, huh? We're in a sad fucking place right now, guys. This is not good. It's not good that he's using this kind of rhetoric. This is the type of thing you see in fascist regimes like China. We just watched it happen from China. That is what fascists do. This should be fucking concerning. I'm not this far left like nutcase. I don't consider myself one anyways. And I am recognizing this as an extreme far right fascist thing that's happening in front of us. This should be concerning.
Let's keep listening to him. You go in and you remove them. I'm going in with 20 strong men. I'm going to speak in front of the school board, and I'm going to give them an option. They can leave or they can be removed. And then after that, we're going to replace them with nine, nine parents, and we're going to vote down the, the mask mandates that evening. That evening. This is how you get stuff done. Forget writing your legislators. Forget it. They're not listening. you got to do something. It's us. It's we the people. When I see criminals trying to take my rights and my beautiful children and everything that they're going to do, you're going to have to take my life. What is he even talking about here? When I see criminals doing what? When I see criminals trying to take my rights and my beautiful children... Trying to take my rights and my beautiful children. Okay, well, we're not dealing with criminals. I, I assume he's talking about the school board, right? That's voting for mask mandates. What criminal act did they, like do like what what are they even being accused of what's criminal about what they've done what rights are being taken from this guy you're gonna have to take my life there's no way i'll die on this hill there's no way no way this is turning into something that should concern us all seriously Let's finish this article by uh, Newsweek, see what else it had to say here. I'm going in with 20 strong men and I'm gonna give them an option. They can leave or they can be removed. Lynch launched his campaign on a platform of battling back against what he deemed government overreach. He's described himself as a supporter of freedom, local businesses, and property owners. He attended former President Donald Trump's Stop the Steal rally on January 6th that preceded the riot on the U.S. Capitol, though he said he did not participate in any violence on that day. I bet. Guess we have no way of knowing, because we haven't seen him on camera, apparently. However, the morning call reported that Lynch has shared debunked claims on social media that the Capitol riot was caused by liberal radicals and that he's pushed the similarly debunked conspiracy theory that President Joe Biden did not fairly win the 2020 election. Fascinating. So he thinks that... The Capitol riot was caused by liberal radicals. Okay, why did Republicans and mass vote against having an investigation into it then? If they really think that radical liberals did it, they should want an investigation, right? What happened? This isn't about logic or reason or rationality. It is about owning the libs. It's about hurting your enemy, about viewing the other people as others, as bad, good versus evil, us versus them mentality. That's what this is about. When you get one of these mindsets, it leads to absurdity every time. It's nearly impossible to escape. This is extremism right here. What we're looking at is extremism. Lynch is against school boards implementing mandates on children and school staff wearing face masks to curb the spread of COVID-19. As of last week, Northampton County had a fifth highest average daily number of new COVID cases in Pennsylvania. The county's school board voted last week to make masks mandatory for students, staff, and visitors. Interestingly enough, actually, Kylie's old school apparently um, ended the mask mandate. Of course, super conservative school, super conservative district in a super conservative state. Uh, I was surprised that they had masks in the first place. But yeah, they ended the mask mandate. Um, all of the students in protest refused to wear their masks on the last day anyways, like the fucking idiots that they were. And suddenly a COVID case appeared in her old school. Glad she doesn't go there anymore, huh? It's all spread all through the district. 
they are in like code red right now. I'm still getting the voicemails from them because I haven't like canceled or opted out yet or whatever. But uh, yeah, they are on code red and now they have mask mandates anyways. They reinstituted mask mandates in this deep red school, in this deep red district, in this deep red state. Because at a certain point, you realize that, you know, science trumps ideology, whether you like that or not. And if you want students to be safe, then they need to wear masks. I don't know what kind of blowback they're dealing with right now, but I would kill to be a fly in the room on that board meeting. Next, we're going to talk about the leader of the Proud Boys, Enrique Tario, going on a bizarre tirade after being sentenced for destruction of property. Give us 30 seconds, and we'll be right back. You're listening to the Telltale Channel. Don't forget to check me out on all social media, Patreon, Twitter, Teespring, and Etsy. All links can be found in the description or on my website, telltaleatheist.com. Next article I wanted to talk about is on rightwingwatch.org. The title is Proud Boys Leader Who Burned BLM Flag Violated DC Gun Laws Sentenced to Five Months in Prison. This is written by Kareem Zidane, so let's give this a read and see what it has to say. Henry Enrique Tario, yes, it turns out his name is a fake name. His real name is Henry, evidently. The leader of the far-right neo-fascist hate group known as the Proud Boys has been sentenced to 155 days behind bars for burning a Black Lives Matter flag in December and bringing high-capacity rifle magazines to Washington, D.C. in the days leading up to January 6th Capitol insurrection. Now, I want to point something out with this. I don't actually have a problem with him burning a Black Lives Matter sign. It says he's been sentenced to 155 days behind bars for burning a Black Lives Matter flag. I don't have a problem with him doing that at all, really. I don't give a shit. You burn what you want. I want to be able to burn the American flag. He should be allowed to burn the Black Lives Matter flag. Who fucking cares? It's just a piece of fabric. But, but, that's not all there was to it. It wasn't his flag. It was destruction of personal property. It was owned by a black church, I believe. This church had this banner on their property. They paid for the banner, put it up on their church, and he pulled it down and burned it. He took something from somebody else that they owned and set it on fire. That's illegal. That's not okay. Bring your own Black Lives Matter flag to burn if you want to do it. I don't give a shit. But don't take someone else's. So in my opinion, the 155 days he was sentenced to is right and just. That is correct for destruction of property. However, he actually had a charge for bringing high-capacity magazines to Washington, D.C. also. I don't know that 155 days is enough for that type of charge. I think I would like to see a little more time on that count. Anyway, let's keep reading. The sentence was delivered by Judge Harold Cushenberry Jr. What a metal fucking name, right? Listen to this dude's name. Harold Cushenberry Jr. That's that's Regal of D.C. Superior Court during a Monday, August 23rd hearing. Tario has until September 6th to surrender himself 
and begin his sentence. Are you serious? He hasn't surrendered himself? Oh, I, he was probably on bail. I bet that's what it was. Tario, 36, was arrested upon his arrival in Washington, D.C. on January 4th, 2021, two days before the January 6th insurrection, on suspicion of burning a BLM banner torn from a historic black church in the nation's capital during so-called Stop the Steal protests in December 2020, and charged with destruction of property. Upon his arrest, Tario was also found to be in possession of two high-capacity firearm magazines, which is illegal under the district's strict gun control laws, and was subsequently charged with two felony counts of possession. Shit. That's a big fucking deal. If they were felonies, then how the fuck did he only get 155 days behind bars? He was granted pre-trial release the following day and was prohibited from entering the District of Columbia, except for court-mandated appearances. The flag-burning incident occurred at the Asbury United Methodist Church on December 12th, shortly after the Proud Boys attended a pro-Trump rally held by the so-called Stop the Steal campaign, which later escalated into violence that resulted in several stabbings. Tario later took credit for the decision to vandalize church property, adding that he was damn proud to have done it. Yeah, I guess that's kind of biting you in the ass now, isn't it? Probably wasn't the best idea, was it, to kind of gloat about it. Proud Boys chairman damn proud of burning BLM banner outside Black Church. This article was written December 21st, 2020, when he actually said it. The Proud Boys leaders taking credit for burning Black Lives Matter sign belonging to a historic black church. Enrique Tario, who assumed the role of Proud Boys chairman after Gavin McGinnis stepped down in November 2018, revealed that he was the one that lit it on fire. I was the person that went ahead and put the lighter to it and engulfed it in flames, and I am damn proud that I did, Tario said during his appearance on War Boys, a podcast affiliated with Proud Boys. Probably got a little too comfortable on that podcast, huh? Maybe should have rethought that. The dude was arrested at DC. Why did he think it was a good idea to go out and admit that he was the one that lit, on, that lit it on fire? I guess we're not, maybe we're not dealing with the brightest crayons in the box. I mean, they are members of Proud Boys. In fact, he's the leader of Proud Boys. Let's keep reading. Against the wishes of my attorney, I am here today to admit that I am the person responsible for the burning of this sign, Taria wrote days later on Parler, the social media platform among the far right. And I am not ashamed of what I did because I didn't do it out of hate. I did it out of love. Wow, that's some fucking gymnastics right there. Uh, that's like Olympic tier gymnastics. Did it out of love. Love for a country that has given my family so much. The burning of this banner wasn't about race, religion, or political ideology. It was about a racist movement that has terrorized the citizens of this country. I will not stand by and watch them burn another city. In July, Tario pleaded guilty to two misdemeanor charges of destruction of property and attempted possession of a large capacity ammunition feeding device. Wait, I, I may be misreading this. He was not charged with a hate crime in relation to burning the BLM flag. That's fucking weird. Seems like he should have been, right? What would he have had to have done that he didn't do that would have qualified that? as a hate crime. That is like the definition of a hate crime, right? It seems to me. Prior to his sentencing, Tario spent the past few months calling for the release of January 6th defendants and fellow Proud Boys members Joe Biggs and Ethan Nordian, the former of whom is accused of conspiring to disrupt the joint session of Congress on January 6th. Most recently, Tario posted to Telegram an image of protective gear, which included a bulletproof vest and a bag with a decal that read join your local militia. 
and stated that he plans to speak at the United We Stand rally in Portland, Oregon on August 22nd. Holy shit. That rally culminated in a melee and gunfight between far-right activists and anti-fascist demonstrators. I remember when that happened. During the sentencing hearing on Monday, Tario's attorney, Lucas Dancy, called his client a man of moral character who respects the laws. No. Literally nothing about that is accurate. Except man maybe, and stated that Tario's extremely sorry for what he did. No, he's not. Dude went out there and gloated about it. After taking a moment to apologize to the court, Tario claimed that he has suffered financially and socially for his actions. I fucking doubt it. When he did that, he was doing something that his peers wanted him to do. He did not suffer socially for this. Financially? How? Having to go to court, maybe. I mean, I guess that can be expensive, especially if it's in another district, another area. Like, it was in D.C., and he wasn't allowed to be in the city unless he was going to court, so I guess that would make sense, financially to some degree. Socially, no. I completely reject that premise. He didn't suffer socially. This is what his extremist friends wanted. This is what they wanted to see from him. This is why he is their leader. He does shit like this. It's inexcusable. I will not accept this kind of culture in this country. As the article says, the last rally from August 22nd culminated in a melee and gunfight between far-right activists and anti-fascist demonstrators. I do not believe in violence, ever, unless it's in self-defense. Violence, we can't have a civilized society and also have a violent society. We can't have both. Violence must be punished if we're going to live in a civilized society. This guy got involved in a gunfight. He burned somebody else's flag, took it down, and lit it on fire. Somebody else's property. If people were doing this shit to him, how do you think he would react? I don't know how he justifies this shit to himself, but it is top-tier mental gymnastics. And I'm glad he's serving his time in jail. I'm disappointed it's only 155 days, especially with multiple felonies for possessing high-capacity rifle magazines. Thank you guys for coming and giving this a listen, and I will talk to you next week. If you like what I do and you want to make sure I can continue to do it, you can support me in a few ways. First, you can support me on Patreon. That's probably the best way. But if you want to get something back for your support, you can check out my Teespring. I sell all kinds of shirts and stickers and stuff on there. Second, you can support me by checking out my Etsy store. I sell 3D printed stands for every system from the original Nintendo to the Xbox One. And finally, if you want to support me in other ways, you can check me out on my other channels. I have the podcast channel, which is where I talk about whatever's on my mind. Politics, social issues, whatever. You can also find it everywhere podcasts can be found. Or you can check out the videos on my main channel where I focus on destructive cults. As it is with most channels these days, I rely on the support of viewers like you to keep my channel alive, so sharing my work is extremely helpful. Anyways, check me out in all those places if you haven't already. Thanks for listening, guys.